Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Chris and tonight, tonight, I have gathered a couple of my friends together and we are playing trivia tonight. It is the opening night of the NFL season and I can't think of a better way to celebrate the return of football than not watching the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers hopefully destroy the Dallas Cowboys. Instead, I have gathered Mike and Jeff together to play a little one-on-one trivia we're going to start in Huntsville, Alabama. Mike, my friend, how you doing? What you drinking? Chris, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, even though it's Thursday, today's my Friday because I have tomorrow off. So uh, I plan on enjoying myself. Um, I'm, I can't enjoy myself too much, though, because I am solo parenting tonight because Nikki is over at her parents' place watching the Bucks hopefully destroy the Dallas Cowboys. So um, Cheers to that. Tonight, I am drinking a bourbon that I know you guys are familiar with because we all tasted it together when we were in Louisville about a month ago. Uh, This is the Five Brothers that we had at uh, Heaven Hill. Ooh. Yeah. It was the... um, It was the first one that we tasted there of the the sequence that we had. Uh, It's good. It's a little spicier than I'd normally like. The one that I really wanted to buy there, but they just didn't have it, was the Parker's. Uh, it was Parker something. I always want to call it Parker Brothers, but it's not Parker Brothers, obviously, because this is Five Brothers. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is still a really good bottle of bottle of bourbon. And um, the uh, the main reason I brought it is because they said you couldn't get it anywhere but right there. So <laughs> nothing wrong Cheers. with that. Nothing wrong with that. I've got a bottle of like Urban Still or a bottle of Urban Stillhouse here that's Jim Beam, and it was fine. But I only bought it because, like, oh, you can only buy it at this one location. I'm like, oh, well, shit, i got to spend the $70 and buy this bottle. Exactly, and this one was around the same, so, you know, but I, I, I dig it. Like I said, it, it's not my favorite bourbon in the world, but it's not it's not garbage by any stretch, so Take it's it. very drinkable. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's only, nine, it's only 90 proof, too. So. Oh, it's low proof for a bourbon. All right. Yeah. All right, heading out to Raleigh, North Carolina. Jeff, my friend, how you doing? What you drinking? I'm doing doing all right. Uh, recovering from an uh, all day work meeting, which is always fun. And uh, right now, I'm drinking a uh, can of Bliss Hazy IPA from Oscar Blues, which is less interesting than the manner in which it was acquired, uh, which is via the uh, uh, annual beer bob at the uh, NC State University Club swimming pool uh, (laughs) over Labor Day weekend. Uh, All of the parents of the small children who brought their little ones to the the swimming pool for Labor Day put on either sunglasses or goggles with painter's tape over their eyes, jump into about four and a half foot of water in the swimming pool and swim around blindly trying to find beer. Uh, that I, sounds amazing. <laughs> right? I ended up with uh, with seven cans by the end of it, five of which were Coors or Miller, which I left ah. graciously left for someone else, but ah. I did get two cans of uh, Oscar Blues out of it, so uh, it was a positive experience for for all even though upon jumping in i did actually hit my chin on one of the miller light cans so ouch uh shit happens though yeah the sacrifices we make to acquire free beer Uh, and yet still not the worst experience i've anyone's had with miller light so (laughs) oh yeah not even close (laughs) yeah chris i definitely know the worst drinking it Oh no, Micah! Uh, you were there at the Infamous Night in uh, was it the the Clearwater Phillies game? 
Yeah, the Threshers, yes. Clearwater Threshers. I don't even know yes, how many I had that <laughs> night, but it was. Uh... But uh, in case the uh, the Cannabis is uh, uh, not enough, I have some Four Roses here waiting for me. Ooh, just to, to very nice. That's a damn good distillery. I, being that we were recording this in September, I am still going through sober September. So I have got a big old glass of water that I will be refilling about halfway through. Um, it doesn't help that I'm still kind of getting over being sick, which sucks because that was like a week and a half ago. Tonight, yeah. we are playing a game called Intersections. This is a sta- one of our standard games uh, with the exception of the title of each individual uh, question. So we have six rounds of trivia, two questions a round, and we will alternate. So uh, being that the last time these two teams, these two people played each other, although it wasn't teams, uh, Mike beat Jeff. So we're going to let Jeff take the ev- the odd number questions. Mike's going to take the even numbered questions. And we're going to go through this. There are six rounds. There is a halftime. Then there are three wager questions at the end. There is no warm up. We're jumping right into the game. Jeff and Mike, are you ready? Sure. I am I am ready to jump in since it doesn't sound like I'll hit my chin on a can of Miller Lite. Now, here we go. Your round one categories are the intersection of sports and video games or the intersection of food in American Judaism. <laughs> oh, come uh, on. I'm going to take the Jew question, please. <laughs> yes, thank <laughs> Here is your question. We've all heard of the famous breakfast bagels and locks. But what exactly are locks? Smoked salmon. Smoked salmon is a correct answer. Ten points for Mr. Woodhead. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you're uh, you're asking a you're asking a Jew what locks is. <laughs> In my defense, I didn't remember. I wrote this game earlier today. I didn't remember where these questions were located. So. That does leave Mike with the question in the category we of the also intersection call it cream between. Schmear, by That's the way. true. That's true. <laughs> Mike, your your question's in the category of the intersection of sports and video games. Here's your question: Of the seven baseball games released for the Nintendo 64, two of them featured the same player on the cover. Who was this player? Oh my gosh! Uh, Nintendo 64 was 96, 97-ish time frame. I'll be honest, my brain immediately went to Ken Griffey Jr., and the time period would be right. And I think it came out early enough that it would have been before the McGuire-Sosa uh, slugfest in 98. That was where my brain first went. Am I missing someone like a pitcher or something like that? Um, you know what? That's where my brain first went to. So that is who I'm going to say. I'll say Ken Griffey Jr. Unfortunately, that is not a correct answer. The correct answer is actually Tom Glavin. Ah, really? I'm joking. Really? The correct answer is, of course, Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Who's going to pay Tom Glavin to be the the spokesperson, the second best pitcher on the Atlanta Braves, maybe the third best pitcher on the Atlanta Braves? I don't know. Uh, the, the games there were, uh, he was the 
the cover boy for Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr. And then he also had his own game called Ken Griffey Jr.'s Slugfest, which you actually mentioned in passing earlier. That's funny. Okay. Yeah, I, I, did, I never actually owned the 64, so I didn't know that. Oh, it's the, I think that might be the best console ever created. The N64 was awesome. We're moving on to round two. Mike, you are picking first. Your categories in round two are at the intersection of television and literature or at the intersection of movies and Broadway. Oof. <laughs> I think I want to saddle Jeff with the movies and Broadway question. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah, I think of the of the two, I, both of these sound like they could potentially be painful for Jeff, but I think that one sounds like it could be more painful. So I'm going to go with TV and literature. <laughs> TV and literature, here is your question. What reality television show takes its name from a term that originated in a famous and somewhat prophetic novel from 1949? Oh, um, I was thinking the actual title of the novel for a second, but it's it's uh, got to be Big Brother. That'd be around the time 1984 was published, so I'll say Big Brother. Uh, Big Brother from Orwell's 1984 is a correct answer. Nicely done, Mike. You have got 20 points. And Jeff, that leaves you with the question in the inter- at the intersection of movies and Broadway. Right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> what film later turned into a Broadway musical featured performances from the following actresses? Elizabeth Banks. Amy Adams, and Jennifer Garner. In the Broadway version, the two leads were actually played by Norbert Leo Butts and Aaron Tveit. Okay, so, so the movie version featured Elizabeth Banks, Amy Adams, and uh, the other person that you just said. Jennifer Garner. Jennifer they, they Garner. Were, they were right. in the cast, yes. Christ, I don't even know what uh, what movie they were all in together. Um, actually, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> this is a random ass guess. I don't know that many movies that all of those people were in together, but I know, uh, um, uh, huh, Jennifer Garner, Elizabeth Banks, and Amy Adams. We're all apparently in a movie together. <laughs> and then it got turned into a Broadway show. Yeah, and the Broadway st- show starred... Uh, Two people I've never Robert fucking heard Butts of. So... This was a really good decision by me, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> um, why would you turn a movie into a Broadway musical? I thought it always went the other way around. <laughs> Not recently. Except for, like, the producers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that went from a musical to a... From a, a movie to a musical back to a movie. <laughs> That's true. It did. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let's just say American Hustle, because I know Amy Adams was in it. <laughs> American Hustle is not a bad guess. Unfortunately, it's not a correct answer. Mike, do you have any idea? I cannot put the three of them in a movie together. I just... I can't. It's because uh, they were not the stars of the movie. I left the stars, the two male stars, out of it. Right, and I that was kind of trying to go back to that with with because you did that. That was the the hint that I got from naming the two leads in the Broadway show was that it was two guys uh, 
right yeah lead actors but um (laughs) i but i still had nothing so i'll be curious to hear what the answer is Uh, the correct answer and i'll be honest i did not know elizabeth banks was in this until i was reading it on imdb but your correct answer is catch me if you can oh my god Oh my gosh! Wow, Elizabeth Banks wasn't that? She was the bank teller. Yes, that's what that's it was. Right. Yes, was yeah. the and Amy Adams and was the girl was that he, the girl. Uh, the girl with the that he, the nurse or the nurse's assistant or whatever that he almost married. Yeah, Jennifer Garner was the uh, the woman he paid to have sex with him. Uh yep, that is correct. Wow, wow, that's a great. What a great question! Oh my gosh, that's a great yeah. question. Yeah, I, I uh, wow. I, I would, Never figured that out. I don't know. <laughs> well, Jeff, uh, moving into round three, uh, Mike has got a 10-point lead, 20 to 10. But, Jeff, you're picking first here. Do you want at the intersection of 60s and 80s music or at the intersection of creepy and crawly? <laughs> um, Let's go 60s and 80s music. 60s and 80s music. Here is your question. What classic 60s band had a 22-year gap between number one hits that spanned from 1966 to 1988? I will give you a bonus two points if you can tell me what film soundtrack debuted and included the 1988 song. Ooh. Jeff's more of a 70s. The band is the Beach Boys. Uh... The song was the '88 song was Kokomo. The movie that it was in totally escapes me. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's that's my answer. <laughs> so your answer is the Beach Boys. Do you want to take a wager at the bonus two points for a movie? Um, yeah, let's say uh, Pretty in Pink. Now, the Beach Boys is a correct answer. 19, uh, I think it was what, sorry, 1966, it was I Get Around. That was July of 66. Yeah. And then November of 88 was Kokomo, obviously. Okay. Nice pull there. Unfortunately, uh, Pretty in Pink is not the correct answer. Mike, do you have any idea what the movie might be? No, uh, I don't. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be completely honest. That was a good pull on the Beach Boys. For whatever reason, my brain went to the Moody Blues. <laughs> So Just because that was around the time uh, um, Your Wildest Dreams would have come out was late 80s. So, so the Maybe. movie is a Tom Cruise featuring film. It is Cocktail. 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 As soon as you said Tom Cruise, I was huh. like, it's Cocktail. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. All right. Well, all right. Jeff, you get the points. You do not get the bonus. You are sitting at 20. Mike, to maintain a 10-point lead, your category is... At the intersection of creepy and crawly. Are centipedes herbivores, omnivores, or carnivores? Oh, gosh. Well, historically on the podcast, when I've been given a one and two shot, I'm usually wrong. But somehow when I get a one and three shot, I have been better. <laughs> uh, which I, which my saying that is only setting me up for disappointment. Um centipedes i feel like centipedes would be omnivores i think they would probably eat small insects as well as vegetation i know very little about centipedes um 
and there's nothing in creepy and crawly that would get me there. But I'll just say omnivores. He has gone with omnivores. And Mike, you uh, unfortunately are nowhere near. You are right there with your accuracy from a, a one out of two and a one out of three. That is not a correct answer. Yeah. The centipedes are actually carnivores, and they have uh, apparently so they have a uh, poison in their the the front of their mouth that render their prey useless. But huh. they are one hundred percent carnivores. Huh. Interesting. I mean, Inter- honestly, interestingly, though, human not. centipedes are on the horse. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yep, we went there. <laughs> we went there. You want cuttlefish, Kyle? I'm sorry. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Whenever I think of the human centipede, my brain immediately goes to the human senti pad episode of South Park. <laughs> My God! Oh, All right. On that note, oh, Mike's more more. Mike needs another drink. All right. <laughs> your score heading into halftime. We are tied twenty to twenty, and your halftime round is in sports. Sports. You are both going to lock in. We are going to go question by question through this. Here's how this works. I'm going to give you a team that no longer resides in the city I'm giving you. You have to tell me in what city and by what name does that team currently go by? We're going to do it one at a time. We're going to go one at a time when you have your answer lock in, and that'll be the other person's clue to go ahead and talk out their logic. Let's do it. We're going to start with uh, what I think might be an easy one. Your team from the NFL is the Houston Oilers. Yeah, I figured this one would be there. So, yeah, it's locked I, in. Yeah, I can I can lock in, too. It's the Tennessee Titans. And, Jeff, what did you say? Yeah, Tennessee Titans and Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, considering we both went to Vanderbilt, I'm pretty sure we would right. uh, get this one right. <laughs> they, they were the Tennessee Oilers for a year. Yeah. Played in Memphis for a couple years, too, I think, while, uh, while Adelphia is being built. Or that's whatever right. the fuck they're calling it now. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's going to be five points for each team. The uh, the Houston Oilers are, in fact, now the Tennessee Titans. Nicely done. Question number two in your halftime round is from the NBA. Your team is the Seattle Supersonics. Oh, yeah, I, I know that one. Uh, Mike, did you lock in as well? I, I, did, I did lock in. All right. Jeff, what do you think? It's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mike? OKC Thunder. Hey, that is two for two. The Oklahoma City Thunder is correct. Here we go. Number three, your, uh, your, sorry, your sport is going to be the NHL, and your team is the Hartford Whalers. You really think I wasn't going to get this one, Chris? <laughs> I think Jeff's locked in. Mike, talk it out. Um. Given that, I I mean, I guess it's the Carolina Hurricanes. I would not have known it otherwise, but based on Jeff's response, uh, that's where I'm going to go. They have really cool retro uniforms uh, every year. Uh, And yeah, there's there's some weirdness with the fan base around that. But yes, it is. uh, It is the Carolina Hurricanes uh, right here in Raleigh. Jeff just gave Mike five free points there. Uh, The Carolina Hurricanes is a correct answer. And uh 
as a proud, uh, not a proud, but someone who was born in Connecticut, and I'm not sure if I should be proud about that or not, but screw <laughs> you guys for taking our hockey team, the one professional team we had until we got the Mohegan Sun. <laughs> Your final question is going to be in the baseball realm. It is going to be the Washington Senators, and this is the Senators that were established in 1961. <laughs> so, One okay. Shot. So the uh, Senators team was established in 1961, not the team they became. Correct. Okay, I can lock in. All right, Jeff, talk it out. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you've got a one out of two shot. It's either the Minnesota Twins or the Texas Rangers. <laughs> and I don't remember which one was which. So the senators that were founded in the like the old school senators, I think, were the ones that moved to Minnesota. And then the new ones, I think, were the ones that moved to Texas. So I'm going to say Texas Rangers. Jeff has gone Texas Rangers. Mike, what are you going with? When you said you had to look up the year, I knew you were going Senators, and it was just going to be which one was the one that they moved to. The first, the original Senators moved to uh, Minneapolis and became the Twins, and the 61 Senators, uh, I didn't realize that was the exact year, but I knew it was sometime in the 60s, in 1977 moved to Arlington and became Texas Rangers. So I said Texas Rangers. And with that, you have both swept the halftime round. Whoop, whoop. And we have got a tie ball game. It is 40 to 40 coming out of halftime. So we just say it's deuce? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an even round, so it's uh, soon to be advantage Mott. Wow. Oh, oh, oh. And with that, we're bringing your first pick <laughs> over to Mike. Shot. Mike, in round four, your categories are going to be at the intersection of technology and higher learning or... At the intersection of history, politics, and geography. Oh, gosh. These both sound like half up my alley and half terrifying, or, or a third terrifying in the latter case. <laughs> but I really don't want to give Jeff a history, politics, and geography question because that's his bread and butter. So I'm going <laughs> to let him handle technology and higher learning, and I'll take that one, even though the geography portion is slightly terrifying. So, Mike, if I understand you correctly, you're going with at the intersection of history, politics, and geography. That That is correct. I, I, I'm sorry I wasn't verbose enough, but yes. Yes, somehow you did not say enough words for the first time in the history of this podcast. <laughs> Here is your question. What country, somehow relevant in U.S. politics over the last two years, is the largest in Europe, not counting Russia, and the first European country to have cases of the bubonic plague appear. Um, I had not heard the bubonic plague thing, but I'm going to assume that you're referring to the Ukraine. So I'll say Ukraine. Ukraine is a correct answer. Nicely done. Maybe I made this game too easy. Yeah, they actually had a couple of plague cases in Colorado a couple years ago. What the? F really? <laughs> really? Yeah. The, the plague is not, like, it's rare, but it's not totally vanishingly rare. Just, it's, it's, it's also a lot more curable than, than it was because we have antibiotics and shit. But, right. yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> a, uh, yeah. 
Well, there's one more thing I'm not going to sleep about tonight. <laughs> Yet another thing to be afraid of, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously, if you're going to be afraid of something, be afraid of the uh, the brain-eating amoeba. That's uh, that's the, the that's the big uh, terrifying thing for right? me, at least. Well, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Never going near a pool or an ocean again. Just live in Florida, <laughs> so that's pretty easy to avoid pools and oceans here. <laughs> says the guy in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, your category is at the intersection of technology and higher learning. Here is your question. On what college campus would you find a plaque commemorating the birth of the internet? Birth of the internet? <laughs> I have to go back to the old ARPANET days. Who was in on that? And... Dang, I don't remember. Uh, obviously, the World Wide Web was a different thing, though. And that was like, I don't know, uh, Oxford or some shit. Um, I also feel like it's probably, you know, just because I have nothing better to guess, I would guess Stanford, but. Because it's the college probably the most associated with the internet in general at this point. Uh, so I'll guess that, even though I have 90% sure it's wrong. <laughs> so Jeff has guessed Stanford. And if you can't tell, his face is turning cardinal red, but that is a correct answer. <laughs> okay. All right, well, the ten percent of me that was more sure about that. Is, uh, I, didn't, all right. I didn't realize Al Gore had anything to do with Stanford. I'm confused. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> all right, we are moving right into round five. This game is going quickly. Round five. Your categories are going to be Jeff. You get to pick here. Do you want to go with at the intersection of language and Nicolas Cage? <laughs> or at the Sorry. intersection of flags and colors. I'll go flags and colors. Leaving Nicolas Cage for Mike. Here we go. Monaco, Bahrain, Denmark, and Georgia are all examples of... Red and of white. Red and white is a correct answer. <laughs> Damn, dude, it's not... It's academic, man. You don't get points for buzzing in early. I should get extra points for buzzing in early, damn it. The entirety of that question for our listeners at home is... <laughs> Monaco, Bahrain, Denmark, and Georgia are all examples of countries whose flags contain the same two colors. What colors are they? The correct answer, red and white. And if there's anything Mike is worse at than geography, it's vexillology, so... <laughs> Hat tip to Jeff for taking that one off of my We, we could have thrown Poland and Indonesia in there, if I'm not mistaken. I was trying to stick with some lesser known. I, I, I gave you Denmark. That, that's the closest to well-known you were going to get. Mon I knew it off Monaco, dude. Uh, that's true. I, I thought about that because I just know how prevalent that flag is. But all right. Mike, if you've ever watched the Grand Prix. I do not. I don't even watch NASCAR. Grand Prix is way more interesting than NASCAR. None of it's interesting. None <laughs> do they of turn? Do they turn left and right in Grand Prix? Oh yeah, they they race through the freaking streets. That's what I thought. Yeah. 
we have one of those in St. Petersburg here uh, in St. Pete, Florida. There's they shut down some of the streets on there, and they have one of those races. I've, That's right, right. They do do that. They do that. Yeah, I, I got caught in that one time. Oh Lord, I've never. I haven't been down there. I did drive. It was really cool. We did drive down one of the streets while they were, while it was like they were setting it up, and they actually have like the the wires that kind of hang over the street. So it's kind of cool. You feel like you're driving uh, in one of those races, but you're driving a Honda Civic going 35 miles an hour. So not that cool. <laughs> nice. Mike, your category is going to be at the intersection of language and Nicholas Cage. Really curious where this one was going. Hit me. <laughs> yeah, right. What Native American language was used by the U.S. to confuse foreign code breakers during World War II and was featured in the Nicolas Cage film Wind Talkers. Uh, that would be Navajo. Navajo is a correct answer, and that would be Dine, Mike. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just guessing. I wrote this game way, way, way too easy. <laughs> I underestimated the 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 size of the brains I had on this show. Honestly, a, lo- a lot of it has been uh, categories that just happen to land in people's wheelhouses. Because, like I said, right. I wouldn't have gotten the flags question. So. <laughs> Jeff, would you have gotten Navajo? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. My uh, my, my dad worked on Navajo for a year actually. Uh, oh yeah, that's there's right. There's no way for me. Before to I was know bitching that. at him for the Dine thing because that's what they call themselves. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I re- that's right. I remember him telling him that. <laughs> I'm sorry if I was insensitive with my uh, my no. question writing. There's, just, there's no sure way for me to know that your dad worked on Come on. <laughs> That's just bad trivia writing luck right there. We're moving on to round six. <laughs> Mike, you get to choose. Do you want to go with at the intersection of sports and geography or at the intersection of literature and film? Oh, man. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to go with literature and film. Yeah, as much as much as I like shoving film questions Jeff's way, uh, sports and geography just makes me uncomfortable because <laughs> I feel like I've missed questions that have tied sports and geography together frequently in the past in this podcast. So, uh, yeah, I'll do uh, literature and film. Here is your literature and film question. Despite causing a lot of controversy, what Vladimir Nobokov novel went on to sell fifty over 50 million copies and spawned a movie from famed director Alfred Hitchcock. No, 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 wait, wait. Stanley Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick. You son of a bitch. I totally knew that was a Stanley Kubrick movie, and I was waiting to make that joke, and then you made it for me. Darn you. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, um, uh, Natalie Portman, they did a remake of this in the 90s that Natalie Portman was originally offered, but she rejected it with uh, Jeremy Irons. Uh, I believe was she uh, too professional in, to do it in the lead role, but I, I don't, I, yeah, she, I think she just didn't, it just didn't want to do it for, for, but we're, we're talking about Lolita, which is actually a fantastic novel. I might add and, and movie for that matter. Lolita is a correct answer. I, I just like that. It inspired sting to rhyme cough and Nabokov in that one right? song. <laughs> <laughs> don't stand so. Don't, don't stand so. <laughs> no, you know, and well, anyway, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I could, I could, I could rant about Lolita a little bit because it's a mis- very misunderstood, at least in its broad pop culture understanding, novel. Because Humbert Humbert is not the fucking hero of the book. <laughs> you think? 
<laughs> and Lolita is not some like vile. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm done. I'm not not getting into it. No. <laughs> now this this podcast took a left turn. Sorry, sorry. You're good. <laughs> Jeff, your final question in round six. Your category is at the intersection of sports and geography. Here is your question. This city, the 16th largest in Europe, is the largest city directly on the Mediterranean Sea. It's also the birthplace of multiple-time NBA champion Paul Gasol. What city am I describing? Paul Gasol is Spanish. Uh, can you repeat the question, please? 16th largest in Europe. This city, the 16th largest in Europe, is the largest city directly on oh, the Mediterranean Sea. Largest city directly on the Mediterranean, make it Barcelona. Barcelona is a correct answer. Beautiful city. I, I, I love the week I spent there. Wonderful place to be. I've always heard that. I've always heard Barcelona is beautiful. It's on my bucket list. Yeah, I almost went out there, gosh, about ten years ago, and I didn't, I didn't pull the trigger, but I really wish I had. I was out there for for the Euro two thousand four, actually, uh, and ended up bumming around with a bunch of English people. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we did was watch the England France game at a pub. Uh, England was up one nil in the eighty ninth minute, lost two one, <laughs> and the English people were really fucking entertaining after that. I oh, bet uh, they were. I woke up the morning after the the one of the English people had said literally nothing other than the words fucking French the entire <laughs> rest of the night. Uh, I woke it, up. First thing he says to me is fucking French. <laughs> oh in, in, in fairness, if you're from England, I'm pretty, pretty sure you have to uh, have that additional adjective in front of French or France anytime you speak of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> Well, that brings us into the wager round, and the wager round is quite simple. I'm going to give you three categories, and I'm going to give you what your point totals are. You can wager your points in any format you want in those three categories, with the lone caveat being you cannot wager more points than you currently have. Your scores going into the wager round, it's a tie ball game, ladies and gentlemen, 70 to 70, Mike and Jeff. <sighs> Last time, last time Jeff and I played one on one, I'm pretty sure we were tied going into the wager round, and Jeff beat me on the wagers. No, I'm pretty sure. I thought you beat me on the wagers. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we've had a, a couple uh, go a couple different ways. Yeah, it might not have been the last time, but anyway, I, <laughs> I, I notoriously hate wager rounds, so we'll see how this goes. Regardless, it's been a great game so far. Yeah. Your wager round questions. I'm going to give you, just so you know, I'm going to give you the uh, the categories, the three categories, and you're going to lock in your wagers based solely on the categories. Then we're going to go through the questions one by one. Here are your wager round categories. Category number one, at the intersection of good luck and bad luck. Category number two, at the intersection of Batman and Mickey Mouse. And category number three, at the intersection of hieroglyphics and iron production. And once you have uh, written down your wagers in whatever order you want, just go ahead and say locked in. And once both teams are locked in, we will move forward. All right, I'm locked in. Jesus Christ, Chris, I have no idea what to do with any of this. Yeah, I... 
Um, How are you so quick at this? I end up thinking about this forever. <laughs> I just know that there's one category I don't know shit about automatically. Right. So I'm going to knock that one down a little bit. <laughs> I guess that's a fair point. And All right. otherwise be a little bit even with the rest of them. All right. Here's what we're going to do. All right. I'm locked in. Wagers are locked. Question number one, the category is at the intersection of good luck and bad luck. While it sounds like a superhero's origin story, this actually happened. In 1978, Anatoly Brigorsky is the only person to put their head into what? Shortly after this, he was moved to a Russian hospital so that doctors could study his eminent demise. To everyone's surprise, though, he survived and is actually still alive today. What did he stick his head in? What was the year? 1978. All right, I'm locked in. Mike, talk it out. Oh, man. I'll be be honest. So uh, I don't have, like, the the first thing that popped in my head was something you stick your head in that's a little more innocuous, like a crocodile's mouth or something. That doesn't make any sense for a Russian. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, it does make sense. You just don't have crocodiles in Russia. Maybe you do. I don't know. But I'm, I'd be very surprised. Uh, so my brain has gone to nuclear reactor. Um, and also because obviously I'm fairly certain that he would not be the only person who to stick his head into an alligator, crocodile, shark, whatever animal's mouth. Those are the that was the first thing that popped in my head was animals' mouths. Um, <laughs> but here's where here's where my head gets weird because I'm sitting here going. Is it genuinely possible he's the only person who's ever stuck his head into a nuclear reactor? <laughs> uh, but honestly, I don't know that I'm going to come up with anything better. So that's what I will say. I'm going to say he stuck his head into a nuclear reactor. Mike, I ended up at the same place, honestly. Okay. <laughs> so they've both locked in with nuclear reactor. We're moving on to question number two. Your category for question number two is at the intersection of Batman and Mickey Mouse. What police chief's surname is represented in both the Mickey Mouse universe and the Batman 1966 universe? We're looking for the surname or the last name of a police chief who is represented in both the Mickey Mouse universe and the Batman 66 universe. All right, well... I've only got one guess here, and so I'm going to lock that in. Gosh. All right, Mike, Jeff is locked in. Talk it out. Holy crap. I uh, So, first of all, uh, I'm currently racked with tremendous amounts of self-loathing uh, in that I thought this was the one that I felt the most confident on. Uh, a police chief in the Mickey Mouse universe? I mean, I... I can only think of one police man in the Batman universe. I know there's several, obviously, but there's only one that prominently that sticks out, uh, obviously, which is Commissioner Gordon. Um, the Mickey Mouse universe. That is a smaller universe i feel like than batman so let's start there in terms of surnames uh we have mouse goofy to my knowledge doesn't have a surname we have duck we have 
I'm going to provide some clarification here. Uh, and Jeff, if this causes you to want to unlock your answer, you're welcome to. This is an actual last name. This is not like mouse or duck. It's an actual last name. Wait, so Mickey's last name is not actually Mouse? The answer to this question is an actual last name. (laughs) Okay, no. um, I mean, obviously, I was being somewhat facetious, but I appreciate the (laughs) clarification nonetheless. Um, No, I mean, but but that's the thing is I don't, uh, I can't think of really any of the quote-unquote real last names in the Mickey Mouse universe. Uh, and, and honestly, from the bat, the Batman universe, the only police officer I can even think of is commissioner Gordon. Uh, and I died cause yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I'm going to come up with anything else. So yeah, I guess, I guess I'll lock in with, uh, Gordon. Yet again, we end up at the same place. Uh, mine was just, you know, I know one police character from both the combination of both universes, so let's guess that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying to think if I could pull anything from Mickey, but the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is really the only thing I've been watching recently, thanks to my daughter. Uh, and there's no policeman in there that I can think of. So. Right. Uh, uh. Well, both of our panelists, or both of our contestants have gone with... Gordon, we're moving on to question number three. Your category is at the intersection of hieroglyphics and iron production. Here is your question. The Treaty of Kadesh was the first peace treaty between large civilizations, resulting after a clash between Egypt, led by Pharaoh Ramses II, and what other civilization that was headquartered around present-day Turkey and led by King Muwutali? You're not going to give us a date on this, are you? I can if both of you want a date. Um. Right, you want a date? I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I kind of have a ballpark anyway, but I, I'll go ahead and take a date just for grins. Yeah. The battle for Kadesh was at roughly 1274 BC. Okay. I think narrows me down to two. Better off than I am. Hmm. Good Lord. I think I'm going to lock in. Yeah. Right. I mean, Jeff is locked in. Mike, talk it out. I got, I, I'm not good with, uh, I'm honestly just not good with pre, uh, I'm not good at BC classic history at all. Um, uh, especially not that far back. Um, uh, like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of pre- I like my brain's going present day Turkey. Okay, what was that? Uh, I don't know if like the Byzantine was even that far back, but it was the first thing that popped into my head, and I don't know that I'm going to come up with anything better. Uh, so, with apologies to people that know anything about uh, that type of uh, era, that's I think that's just what I'll go ahead and lock in with because I don't really have anything else to to go on. So. Out. That's what I'll say. All right, Mike. I said the Byzantines. Jeff, what did you say? So I locked in the Assyrians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then 
went back and thought, oh, you know what? I, my my choice of the, of the two was I was trying to figure out between the Assyrians and the Hittites. Uh, mm. The Phoenicians were further south. They uh, um, they wouldn't have been based in Turkey. Uh, they were based in southern Lebanon. Tyre was their big city. Uh, so it was either the um, the Hittites or the Assyrians, given that the, the time frame pushed us after the Hyksos. Uh, <clears throat> I guess the Syrians. I think you know now that I'm saying this, I, I, I realize that I don't, I don't think the Assyrians were that old, and so I probably should have said Hittites. But Assyrians was my guess, and Assyrians remains what I locked in. So, all right, Byzantines versus the Assyrians. We're going to go back through these. I'm going to read the question again. I'll ask you to give me your answers and your wager. Going back. To question number one, at the intersection of bad luck and good luck. While it sounds like a superhero's origin story, this actually happened in 1978. Anatoly Bogorsky is the only person to ever put their head into what? Shortly after this, he was moved to a Russian hospital so that doctors could study his eminent demise. To everyone's surprise, he survived and is actually still alive to this day. Mike, what was your guess? I said he stuck his head into a nuclear reactor, like you do. <laughs> and Jeff, what was your guess? I, I also said nuclear reactor. They both said nuclear reactor. Uh, Mike, what was your wager? I wagered 20. And Jeff? I threw down 30 on that shit burger. Well, we got a little bit of separation here, don't we? So. Yeah. One way or another. You're both, you're not right. Neither one of you are right, but you're close. <laughs> In 1978, he took a high-energy proton beam to the brain when he put his head inside of a particle accelerator. <laughs> ah, wow. Jeez. Good grief. Okay. Arch. <laughs> he is still alive to this day. Question number two. At the intersection of Batman and Mickey Mouse, what police chief's surname is represented in both the Mickey Mouse universe and the Batman 66 universe? Jeff, we'll start with you. What was your guess? Borden. And honestly, I kind of feel like we both got this right because I don't know what else it would be. <laughs> yeah, my guess was also Gordon. My only hesitation was that he was the commissioner, not the chief of police. But um, Same shit, right? <laughs> I, I don't know how police hierarchies work. But, but yes, I also said Gordon. And Jeff, what was your wager? And Mike? I wagered 40 on this one. Woo. Wow, so separation continues. Unfortunately, neither one of you are correct. Mm. Uh, the police chief in question, and I, I am a, a big fan of the Batman 66 universe. I think it's so so much campy and so much fun. It is Chief O'Hara. Police Chief really? O'Hara. In the Mickey Mouse universe, uh, Chief O'Hara is a friend of Mickey Mouse. He has appeared in... Um, the feature film Mickey's House of Villains, but he's also appeared in DuckTales, Mickey Mouse Works, House of Mouse, Mickey Mouse Kindergarten, Disney, Crossy Road. Um, those are the video games he's in. And he is a friend uh, of Mickey Mouse who helps, who Mickey helps uh, solve mysteries. Interesting. Chief O'Hara. Would, would definitely not have gotten there. But you, you did yeah. specifically <laughs> single out Batman 66, which was a detail I overlooked, but... Okay, but I wouldn't have gotten there anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. All right, and with that, our score is going into the final question. 
Mike has 10 points. Jeff has 30. Your final question. At the intersection of hieroglyphics and iron production, the Treaty of Kadesh was the first peace treaty between large civilizations, resulting after a clash between Egypt, led by Pharaoh Ramses II, and what other civilization headquartered around present-day Turkey and led by King Mubutali. Mike, what did you say? Knowing nothing about classic civilizations, I said the Byzantines. And Jeff? Knowing a vague amount about classical civilization, civilizations, I said the Assyrians. Mike, what was your wager? I wagered my final 10. Jeff, what was your wager? I actually wagered all 30. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! I hope I hope we're both wrong. And we're both wrong. Ends up as zero to zero. And I'm pretty sure I'm wrong, and I know you're wrong. So, <laughs> well, this is awkward. <laughs> it was um, the fucking Hittites, wasn't the it? The correct answer is the Hittites. Yeah, <laughs> it was the Hittites. God damn it! <laughs> as soon as as soon as you said that, that sounded that sounded like oh yeah, like the Assyrians. I was, didn't. It sounded vaguely. Maybe, but then when you said Hittites, I was like, oh, that actually sounds right. <laughs> and the only reason I know that is there is a song from a band called, oh, what are they called? Uh, they did the, oh, Lord. Well, I can't think of what they're called now. The song is the key to Gramercy Park. Uh, Dead Sea. There's a, an old like metal band called Dead Sea. And they did a cover of uh, Tom Sawyer, which is actually a solid cover. Um, but I always wonder this because in the song Key to Gramercy Park, they're saying it's phase one Revenge of the Hittites. I'm like, what the hell are the Hittites? So I looked it up. <laughs> Lo and behold, the first peace treaty ever uh, in, in recorded history is from the Hittites and the Egyptians after the Battle of Kadesh. I, I will be honest. I am surprised that the first peace treaty ever was not among one of the various warring Yellow River Valley civilizations in china well that, keep in mind this is surprised the hell out of me this is documented right right right, so, right yeah that's a good point though well here's how we're gonna go with the uh the tiebreaker here um i just happen to have a, a card game in front of me called i should have known that <laughs> nah. you're each gonna get five questions and we're gonna see how many of these you know the answer to you're each gonna get uh sorry four questions and we're going to see how many you get the answer to. We're going to go card by card until we have a winner. Jeff, you are uh, you are going first throughout the entire game. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'll go first. Jeff, question number one. What is the sum of the three angles of a triangle? 180. 180 is correct. Question number two. What quote do we associate with Uncle Sam thanks to a World War II poster? It's a three-word quote, I should have mentioned. Sorry. If you don't answer this correctly, I think I get to steal your pizza. No, this is for you, Jeff. <laughs> oh, wait, this is for well, me? Yeah, this is you, dude. Yeah, yeah you you, I'm sorry, questions. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize you were oh, sitting there waiting on I me. Thought I was waiting on you. Oh, shit. no, all dude, right, yeah, no. You, get, you get all four questions before I get anything. Oh, shit. All right. I was okay, sitting here like, do you not know I this? want you. I yeah. want you. I want you as a correct answer. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was a World War One poster, not a World War Two poster, but... Believe it. <laughs> Question number three. We all know that the Hindenburg caught fire, but what exactly was the Hindenburg? The blimp. The, the, the blimp made of hydrogen. 
Uh, a blimp, an airship, or a zeppelin. I will accept any of those. Question number four. How do you say astronaut in Russian? Can I say cosmonaut? Or is that... Uh... <laughs> we will accept cosmonaut. Okay, good. <laughs> hey, don't you want to go down? Like some disgraced cosmonaut. cosmonaut. <laughs> All right. Mike, you're up. Jeff got all four of his correct. Here's your first question. In which sport do you compete in a half pipe? Um, I mean, sk- skateboarding, is that what they're looking for? Uh, yeah, they went on to list seven sports on the back, but skateboarding is one of them. I'll give you credit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it could be yeah. snowboarding. Exactly. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah. Skiing. A lot, a lot of different ways you can kind of maneuver through a half pipe. Anyway. What is the name of Elvis Presley's daughter? Uh, Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie Presley is correct. Question number three. What prize is regarded as television's equivalent to the Oscars? Uh, The Emmy. The Emmy Award is correct. Question number four. What neurological disorder involves falling asleep involuntarily and randomly? Uh, narcolepsy. Narcolepsy is correct. Jeff, Speaking of 90s alternative hey, songs. We're going, to, we're going to penalty kicks again. <laughs> we are. Yeah. If we go through uh, two more cards, if we go through two more cards each, we will then move to a closest to the pin challenge. Fair enough. <laughs> Jeff. Thank God it's, thank God it's not a height What is the most populous city in Canada with French as the official language? Montreal. Sure, we'll go with Montreal. (laughs) Question number two. In what country was Arnold Schwarzenegger born? Austria. Austria is correct. What percentage is one person in a group of 25 people? Uh... (laughs) Hang on a second. Let me do the math there. Uh, I was told there would be no math. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, well, I think it'd be uh, well four times twenty-five is a hundred, so it's got to be four percent. Four percent is correct. <laughs> Question number four. On December seventh, nineteen forty-one, there was an attack on Pearl Harbor Naval Base. In what state is Pearl Harbor located? Hawaii. Hawaii is correct. No, Mike. it's not located in the state of Hawaii when it was, located it was in the territory. the territory of Hawaii. That's right. <laughs> We've already established these cards are not written correctly. They just happen to be the closest thing to me. That's not movie <laughs> trivia. And I figured movie trivia would skew towards favoring one of you and not the other. <laughs> Mike, you're up. Amnesia haze and white widow are strains of what plant? What? Oh. He gets those four questions and I get this? What the hell? How do you think I know anything about plants? Amnesia haze and white widow? Are strains of what plant? Strains of what plant? Good God. A plant? Uh, I'm going to say, I don't know, marijuana. Marijuana or cannabis is correct. (laughs) Okay. Things you can tell that I don't do. 
<laughs> good cover. Good cover. Good cover, Stoner. Good cover. All right. Question number two. What are the Luxor, Treasure Island, and the Bellagio examples of? Uh, casinos? Casinos is correct. What does ICE mean, I-C-E, when it is an entry in a cell phone's address book? What? What does ICE mean, I-C-E, when it's mentioned in an entry in a cell phone's address book? I have never heard of this before. I don't know about you, but I certainly have immigrations and custom enforcement on my phone. <laughs> that was my thought, too, and I'm like, I'm not going to put that in my phone. Are you kidding? Uh, ICE? I-C-E. I-C-E. Um, I saw your girlfriend. Um, now I'm just, now I've got pavement stuck in my head. Um, Elaborate, Mike. Listen. <laughs> There's the other one. Ice in your cell phone. Um, it was. My, my brain went to exactly what Jeff's <laughs> went. It was like immigration. <laughs> what? Um, I mean, that's, yeah, that's what I would think. is like it's some kind of an emergency something or other. Something emergency. Gosh, I, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Emergency, emergency contact or something like that. That's that's what I'll say. Emergency something. I've never heard of this. Jeff, do you know? It's in case of emergency. My wife does this. Yeah. <laughs> it stands for in case of emergency. Yeah. Uh, listen, if if no, well, this is where I'm at. Is if Jeff didn't know. I wouldn't give it to him, but Jeff had it right off the top of the head and he had the exact verbiage. So I'm actually no, going to say that, no, that, that's that, not that, correct. That, that's, that's fine, but I've never heard of that and I've never done it. So, uh, well, apparently you've heard of those strains of marijuana though. So we know what this means. <laughs> yes. My complete shot in the dark guess was correct. With that, Jeff Woodhead, you are the champion tonight. Nicely done, sir. With zero points. Our first Woo-hoo! ever zero point champion. <laughs> All right, I'm going to I guess I'm supposed to add ICE to the entry in my phone that says the missus because people can't figure that out on their own. Well, I think that the purpose of it is they can pull up your phone, pull up your contacts, type ICE in and it automatically goes to the person you want to contact in case of emergency. Why is anyone having my phone? If you're in a car accident and it happens to be on the seat and the cops find it instead of trying to go through your records, they can just pull up your phone and look. Why would I be able to unlock my phone anyway? Right, exactly. That's what I'm going to say. You I have facial recognition. Why would they'll, I just be in a pull, car they'll just peel your head off the dashboard and put it up to the phone. Took <laughs> <laughs> a dark turn. Holy shit! All right. No, that's it. That's it. That is interesting. I never, I had never heard of that, but that yeah. is. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring us to another ep- the end of another episode of the Pub Trivia Experience. We hope you're enjoying the show. If you are having fun, if you like listening to us, really just kind of bullshit back and forth. A couple things you can do. One. Patreon.com slash PTEBB is your exclusive home for all the bonus content of not just the Pub Trivia Experience, but our sister podcast, Boozy Bracketology, where we will take any subject and put it into a 64-seed bracket and then argue it down until we crown ourselves a champion. Uh, Just last month, uh, actually probably two months ago when this recording comes out, but we recorded with both Jeff and Mike the most dominant athlete bracket. In the month of September, we have the worst comic book movie. And then coming in October, we have got the 
best female fronted horror film ever made. And that is a, an extensive list. And we're joined by some, some really passionate fans of horror movies that are going to be there and argue it out with us all the way until Halloween. If you can't afford to support the show, listen, I get it. Like it's, it's tough. COVID's still a real thing. I get it. Do me a favor. Leave us a five-star rating, write us a review. That'd be awesome. Tell your friends and family who like drinking or don't mind swearing about us. Have us, have us, have us on in the car. I'm sure they're going to learn something new, even if you know one of our participants doesn't let me read the damn question before splurting out the answer. <laughs> but hey, we have a lot of fun bringing this to you. Uh, Jeff, Mike, I had a lot of fun tonight. Did you guys have a good time? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, fun. absolutely. Always. A hell of a game. You guys always have a nail-biter when we bring you on. Um we uh, we look forward to doing this each and every week. But for the pub trivia experience, I have been Chris. I have been Mike, and I am in the process of marking my wife as ice in my phone. <laughs> you just said you would never do that. I know. I changed my mind. Apparently, this is an incredibly poorly advertised thing that police do. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those urban legendy things. Yeah. Probably. Uh, anyway, I'm Jeff. Uh, <laughs> And I'll be referring to Nikki as Ice from now on. Just <laughs> don't add ice. a baby. <laughs> Nikki Ice. I like that. Oh, Lord. We're calling her Nikki Ice from now on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, like, what happened? have yourselves a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye. While it sounds like a superhero's origin story, this actually happened. In 1978, Anatoly Bogorsky, sorry, Bogorsky, sorry, edit point. In 1978, Anatoly Bogorsky, my God. In 1978, Anatoly B. Anatoly Bogorsky, fuck. <laughs> In 1978, Anatoly Bogorsky is the only person to ever put their head inside of what? Shortly after this, he was moved to a Russian hospital so that doctor, doctors... God damn! Doctors. What the fuck is a doctor? <laughs> a duck doctor. Ed, I'm, I'm taking this from the beginning. John, right. that, that's gotta be a quack, right? <laughs> <laughs> While it sounds like a superhero's origin story, this actually happened. In 1978, Anatoly Bogorsky is the only person to put their head into what? Shortly after this, he was moved to a Russian hospital so that doctors... Doctors? I did it again. God damn it! (laughs) I think the answer here is that he stuck his head inside a duck's bill. (laughs) Right? All right, all right. Or a duck. The irony here is that Chris is the one who is practicing sober September. Right? Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to get it this time. All right.